0: The Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Uh, that song has nothing to do with the podcast that we're about to do, but it is a reminder to listen to all of the older podcasts that we've already published, <laughs> uh, including the Common Law Marriage and Divorce podcast. But uh, uh, we're your hosts, Frank and Aaron Snyder. Frank Tortlife, AAK, aka
1: the Tank. You
0: got any other ones?
1: What did you call me? The Tank? Tort Life? Tort Life and the Tank? You called me Brown Sugar there for a while. Yeah. Every now and then an I call him. That's awkward. S- yes. It was pretty
0: awkward. Yeah, I call him son of a bitch too. <laughs> every now and then. But um, we've got a uh, guest that I've known for quite some time. Uh, Trevin Stolzfusen here with uh, Outback Outdoors. And you've got your fingers in a ton of other stuff as Mm -hmm. well you have a tv show out back outdoors Mm -hmm. and you film for different people and what else you got going on
2: Oh, we do a uh, lot. You know, with the with the change in the industry now, there's a lot of content creation that companies need. You know, with uh, so, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and w- all the other Vero now, and all these other. Insta- is, what is what is Vero?
1: Vero is that like a I new know what Instagram? You're thinking, Frank. Well, <laughs> yeah. is that like Tinder? It's another. <laughs> no, I have it's not. It is <laughs> not Tinder. <laughs> you got to swipe up and
0: down instead. <laughs> <laughs> Vero
1: is
2: the. Uh, I mean, you talk to different people it's it's like supposedly the new Instagram but um what what we do is uh we're out we're we're you know documenting we're telling stories that's our whole goal is to is to tell a story of of our adventures and uh unfortunately as you know hunting can be a debacle and it can be the the best thing ever but be, being true to who you are and to the adventure you, you, you we're documenting, and then you I have some amazing guys behind the scenes that are good photographers, stuff like that. And people need good content. And if you look at content, you can pick out the staged content. I mean, I, I at least I can. I can look and I say, that's a photo shoot. And then I can look at something else and say, oh, this was – I mean, it looks real. And I'll be doing something and look around and Garrett or Dustin or Lane or, or somebody will be just snapping away. And you forget about that. But it's like you and I, Aaron, were talking about earlier – how telling that story? How important it is to, to to click that shutter or hit the record button on the video camera, and you got you got that adventure saved for for posterity. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, and we we didn't really actually talk idiot at all about what we were actually going to talk about on this uh podcast today we you came down because you and i are doing um uh, we're speaking at the colorado bow hunters association banquet um initially you were going to do well what were you going to well, well you're still doing it but right
2: I-, I was going to speak on uh, uh videoing and and ph- photographing your hunts and um and kind of tell some of the behind the scenes maybe getting a little technical stuff Right, and, of course, right.
0: then you were going to be right behind uh, the next, very next seminar with— Do-it-yourself yeah, hunting. And yeah. so we decided it might be better, since you've done a lot of do-it-yourself hunting, um, and I've done a lot of photography, to kind of join up, do them at the same time. And uh, and so you came down, so we kind of get our shit together and figure out what we're going to talk about, or exactly how we're going to handle it. Right. So, one, um, so let's just talk about everything um, today from— uh, one, join the Colorado Bow Hunters Association. Uh, we need all the help we can get as yeah. far as um, you know, fighting for our rights for bow hunting. Uh, you know, two, make sure you document document your hunts. Um, <laughs>
2: we- and that, and even with the iPhone, I mean, we were talking about that. The technology isn't. You don't have to go and spend ten grand. Um, you can start small, but I guarantee you,
1: once you once you see the results. It's addictive. Frank's seen it. He took at least seven hundred photos on the Alabama hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I struggle sometimes with actively hunting and taking photos. If someone else is hunting and I'm taking the photos, perfectly all right. Me hunting and taking photos at the same time, man, I struggle. Well, and it's
2: the same thing when you're trying to hunt and video yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or it's better, like say you and Aaron are out, and and it's you know if you're going to switch off, okay, you're gonna you're gonna hunt this buck. Mm-hmm. Then you become the cameraman, so to so to speak. That works a lot better, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's really hard when you're doing it yourself. I mean, <laughs> I have props, Remedy and and the guys, Solo Hunter, you know, Tim Burnett, and th- those guys.
1: God, that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I just I have to uh be just Diligent. Bu- yeah, buckle mm-hmm. down and. I mean, he reminds me all the time. He's like, "Oh, you got you just you just have his three thousand dollar camera with these lenses. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're not, you're not I, taking any photos. I'm like, man. My, I
0: know I gave him all my so I gave him a couple Sony A7R twos and then uh, all my lenses. So it, it is difficult. He's a good friend. <laughs> He's a great friend. <laughs> yeah. It it is difficult to get the camera out. I, I don't leave it on me all the time when I'm hunting because you just can't. Uh I have an on me but not on me like clipped into the that peak design right. shoulder mm-hmm. mount. That's what we used to. But every time we stop, I'll get it out and take a photo or if I I need to make everyone stop to take the photos. It's easy around camp, but You know, when you're in the heat of the moment, it's it is difficult. Like when we were in the tree stand in Alabama, I had to open up the pack and I would snap some photos initially before things got going. And then uh, if it looked like the coast was clear and it was there was something applicable I could take a photo of, I'd have it open where I could just grab it. I'm carrying a tank of a camera, uh, an 850, a Nikon 850, which I've truly fallen in love with. I've already had to send one. Don't forget to remind me. You already Pick up your camera now. I was going to tell you after. I was going to tell you after this podcast. Remember to remind me. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, Frank and I. I, th- one of the reasons I think like because Frank, I try to always give you some advice, right? <laughs> well, Jeff Lander, the guy up in Alberta, he does the same thing for me. Well, the reason is, is I am just like Lander, except 15 years younger. Right. So he already knows what I'm going to screw up on because right. I'm him. Right. Well, Frank you're me. And so I already know all the things you're going to fuck up. And so I try to tell you ahead of time. Now, very rarely does he listen, but sometimes you got to learn the hard way. (laughs) Well, you do. yeah. I was going to say, I think with Lander, like the divorce, right. He, he paved the way. He told me what was going to happen. He was right. It happened. Um, so I, uh, I, I, ahead of time, you know, because I have, whether it be tuning or photography or life in general, I'll be like, Hey, you might want to get a handle on that man. And then he'll do exactly what I did 15 years ago, and not get a handle on it and learn the hard way, mm-hmm. um, which I think's funny. Because <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I was, think this brings to mind my brakes on my truck. <laughs> I had had to go to the hospital for my gallbladder. It was it like my gallbladder?
0: Yeah. And uh, totally drugged up. Got home. Was it four in the morning? Yeah. It was. early. Frank calls. He'd been having brake problems, and I said, you better get a handle on that or they'll stop working completely. He calls me at 4 in the morning. My brakes stopped working completely. I need you to pick me up at the auto place where I'm dropping my truck off. And I said, so you want me, after spending all night (laughs) in the hospital, to come get you because you didn't take care of it earlier? He's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So can you come get me? I should not have been driving, right? You were were feeling pretty... About spacey. caused well, he heard brakes and I honking heard, yeah, horns
1: heard, and, and I'm like, what the
0: fuck? And then he pulls up. I'm like, was that you? You're like, I think so. <laughs> I was like, you better drive, man. I didn't want to leave somebody hanging. But uh, oh, but that's yeah, funny. Yeah, but no, I think the um, you know video photo portion it it it's second nature for me now. I just take the camera and I take photos. But I do have to sometimes remind myself to go the extra mile, right? It may be I need to have the camera out hanging off of cliffs. It may be that the weather's bad or it may be uh, just an inconvenient situation where I I have to get the camera out or you won't be able to, you know, as I always say, capture the moment. You won't be able to stop time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So people can relive, you know, from the Internet or social media, or whatever people can relive you know, through you. Cause a lot of the people that, um, are back East that want to come mountain hunting, they do kind of live vicariously through us, you know, because sure. same thing. Sure. There's certain things I can't do. I live vicariously through other people. Uh, photography specifically, I bounce things a lot off that. Um, if I could be a professional photographer in the sense of travel the world, taking photos, I'd be a happy man. But with what I got going on, it's too big of a risk, <laughs> but I, I would like to do that. So I'm on 30 40 different photographers pages so I can see what they're doing right. and just and, and perhaps spark it, an idea. Then yeah. you
2: then you see that and one of my things that I I find is I see something and I go, "Well, wow, that's cool." But making the connection of wow that's cool and taking the photo so that you can say wow that's cool later on, that's sometimes where I have the uh, the wires don't come quite mm-hmm. close enough together, and so with Garrett and, and Dustin and and these other guys that work with us, um, they're you know I think at least with men we're competitive mm-hmm. a, a lot you know general, and um and it's great to see the competitiveness. Between guys behind the scenes, between each other in a friendly way, a oh, great yeah. way, but it really they push each other. And you'll see, um, Dustin, uh, will be looking at something Garrett did and just be like, Wow, this is a freaking amazing shot. And he goes, Man, I gotta step up my game, you yeah, know? Yeah, and we went to a, a, a good example is Musk Ox, and it was just Dustin and I. And so I had to grab that camera and I had, to, and I was hunting too. And so I knew. That I needed to be able to have a camera on me at all time, too, because part of the adventure isn't just me. It's not just me. And that's what we do in our videos. You'll see our – you know, a lot of of shows will not show cameramen. Yeah. Okay? And I call BS because our our audience is smarter than that. Yeah. They know somebody was over my shoulder. And we'll run multiple camera sets – and so, especially spotting and stalking, as you know, it's really helpful to have that guy that's a little bit away that can give you hand signals or whatever to let you know the buck's still there. Just keep, you know, you're doing good. Well, he's running a camera, so we'll have that to cut away, and you can see me, little old me, and then Dustin's a pretty large guy. Yeah. You know, he's probably six You know, over two hundred pounds. Yeah. And 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 here we are sneaking up on this on this buck or yeah, whatever. whatever. But um. Yeah, so it's it's in order to capture it I think well if you're not clicking the shutter you're definitely not capturing it. And if and if it's if the camera is in your bag and you see something and you're like man I don't want to get my camera out. Well that's probably when you should get your camera Ooh. out.
0: A good example of the grizzly <laughs> charge you can Brian's filming and you can I mean total in the moment. You can hear my shutter going <laughs> off while <laughs> Brian's filming the bear charge and if I didn't know it was going to get as close as it did. I knew it was going to get close. And you, and w- when Brian releases this, you'll hear me it's, you know, over and over. I'm like, it's going to be close. Get your shit together. And I'm pretty desensitized to Grizzlies compared to Brian. never had one that close. Right. And uh, when when Brian, you know, I was saying it was going to be close, Brian it stood behind a tree, got the camera on. I mean, he didn't nut up. He didn't fuck anything up. He, I mean, he didn't right. choke in the moment. I mean, he turned the camera on. And I'm like, it's gonna be close. And I'm cussing like a sailor. I'm like, this is gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Get ready, get <laughs> ready, get ready. And then it pops up, and it's at what? Tw- you saw the video, yeah. right? It's 20 yards away. It's close. 22. Too. How does it look through the camera?
1: Oh, it looks good. It look he's, I mean, it was steady and everything. Can tell, tell. Was the, he, wa- was he watching through? What kind of camera was it? Um, I think he had his uh, A7S2. Uh, okay. So he's
0: just watching the back. Yep, but mm-hmm. I think and. Uh, at that time, I had not a care in the world, um, and I'm an adrenaline junkie. I was all for this situation, right? right? That thirteen to ten yards, whenever it was, I start at that point. <laughs> I started to step behind the tree because I'm like, because it was, um, you know, for those watching, uh, guide to the left, seven yards, eight yards, and then Brian a yard to my left, maybe two, and then he's there's a tree, and then there's a tree to my right four yards away and i'm right in the middle but i'm just taking fun. bear has no idea i'm there it knows so it the bear pops up and uh stands on his hind legs hits the ground and uh the guide goes hey 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 which kind of sounds like a bark which mm-hmm. isn't good either way bear hits the ground comes right at us so I'm thinking, you dude, plant this motherfucker in the ground, right? Meow. Like, put it. In, what are you doing? He shoots warning shot at thirteen, which I'm not all for, right? <laughs> um, and uh, the bear kind of stops. And I'm thinking two things: one, did you miss, or was that a warning <laughs> shot? Because I don't know anybody that's gonna do that, right? And um, and Aaron's been up there for years. His name's Aaron. He's been up there for years. Uh, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I I hope. That was a warning shot and not a miss because I think it's going to go downhill from here on the second shot. Um, and up there, he didn't want to kill a grizzly. He just, you know, that's that's kind of how he doesn't want to 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 shoot a nuisance bear. But the bear stops and kind of thinks about it for a second and says "fuck your couch" and comes again. And uh, and it only went what three steps, maybe four steps close. Thought about it, you could see it was thinking about. Oh yeah. And, uh, in the middle of this somewhere, Brian, when I was, when it, before we first saw Brian's like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I'm like, dude, don't be a pussy. It'll be fine. <laughs> and, uh, when it got to like 13, 10 yards, I was thinking maybe this wasn't the best <laughs> idea. Right. <laughs> and finally it whirled out of there and Brian was like, holy cow, man. I was like, man, that, that was crazy. And, uh, you know, it took off and it was just, it looked to me like, a. um, seven and a half, eight foot sow, like a big interior sow. And, uh, and I'm not the best in the world at that, but, but it took off and it was coming to our, uh, cow, cow elk calls oh, uh, I got you. is what it quite came in. And initially, uh, we thought it was a, a moose. We didn't know. And then, uh, when I told Brian to grab his camera is a split second, you know, before, uh, you know, right when I saw it, I'm like, I maybe Aaron saw it, but it was like grizzly, grizzly. And I'm like, Grab your camera. We don't want to miss this footage. <laughs> right, right. Well, it got a little more intense than we thought, right. but nobody, I mean, it was, wasn't like well, it mauled but, us or anything. And, but and it,
2: <laughs> the cool thing about that is uh, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. But when you have the pictures yeah. and you have the video and you can back that up, you've completed the circle, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and, and, I tell you what, my circle about Snap. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Garrett for What's up, Garrett? those people. If you can see him, he's What's up. Uh, he's, this is one of the, the the magic man behind the curtain that that helps us. He's he's amazing. But uh, yeah, that's cool. That that's you know it's things like that. I mean, there's a couple of things that have happened, especially when I was newer to doing this, or you know. Uh, and you just don't hit record. Yeah. Or you don't – you're not snapping the you – know? I can
0: tell you, though, and I agree with you 100%. When you get into this and you follow what we're saying, you are going to fuck up some camera gear. Yes, and,
1: yes. I mean, you haven't ruined one yet, have no. you? No. I think that's part of the thing is I'm freaking super worried about – I mean, you gave me these cameras. I don't want to ruin them. But, I mean, that's an. it's an obviously an excuse. Well,
2: and, and Sony Canon, I'm, I haven't dealt with Nikon a, a lot. But, you know – Their customer service centers can repair a lot because we have sent some cameras in that were, you know, other than dropping it in a lake and having to dive down and get it. We've never done that yet. uh, Knock on wood. (laughs) But, uh, you know, in a situation where you, it's dusty, like you talk about the mirrorless lenses
0: and how you pull that, that, that when you're changing lenses, that's right there. You know, your sensor is right there. And I know I've gotten him pre prepped for that because I've had my sensor cleaned four times in a year. Um and that's after the hurricane blower and doing all the redneck. Right, stuff all you're the supposed stuff you do to in do. the field, right? Um but I've fried I never fried a Nikon. I fried uh but I haven't had Nikons that much either, but uh as many. I, I had a seven fifty and an eight ten for a while. I've fried multiple cannons, but not because it's a cannon, just because of what I put them what, through. Because right. I shot with a cannon probably as much as a Sony. Sony's I haven't fried as many. And when I say fried, meaning catastrophic kill. Right, true. But they've been into the shop a hell of a lot more totally. Um, my cannons was just straight up water. Like just the grizzly hunt. on four days into the hunt. I, had, I packed two. 5d mark fours in my crazy ass one of them went down day four and i'm like thank god i brought two and what? when i say went down it looked like basically a cat took a shit inside <laughs> my sensor i mean there was yeah, that can't and, be good uh, i'm like pointing <laughs> at the sky and i'm like yeah those aren't clouds that's not good huh and there was just this i don't know what the hell i even got in there and it was 500 bucks to fence it to fix it fixed they, it they had to replace the sensor What fungus got in there? I think it was truly fungus. Really? I think it was from the condensation, wet, dry, wet, dry, Mm -hmm. wet, dry. Something got in there, and there was this shit growing on my sensor that wasn't coming off. Um, But trying to fix it myself, I added some other issues. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure I scratched um, the—well, actually, can I see that? Um, So what do we got here? Oh, it's a good camera. So if you take um, this off— Inside here is not. Can I pop this yeah. off? That is a crystal and a mirror. And mm-hmm. when you uh, depress the the, when you actuate it, behind that is the sensor. And so before I screw this one up too, um, on a Sony the there is no protection of that sensor. It is right there for all of the elements to get to. Now you can. Like, I just took my Nikon in. I had uh, stuff on the mirror, not the... So, it showed up in my viewfinder, but it didn't show up on the photo. Well, if you have OCD and there's something on one of those and you can't just deal with it, sometimes you do dumb things. First mistake I ever made was I took one of those, you know, horsehair brushes. Never do that. Did you scratch it? No, oh, fuck no, but there was <laughs> 10 <thin laughs> times hairs? more shit on there. On yeah. the horsehair I... brush. Oh, they... yeah. oh right. Like, whoosh, whoosh. And then I look up, and it looks like an ant farm, right, (laughs) running across my mirror and my sensor. And I'm like, note to self, deal with the hair, right? And I could – even if it was on the mirror, I could – on the sensor, I could probably fix it in post, right? It's not that big of a deal. One time I had a 6D. It's like 3 in the morning. We're taking night shots, and there's something on it I – like a dipshit, pop it off to look, snot, I mean, fucking snot comes off and fills, (laughs) drops right into it. And uh, (laughs) and, uh, Eric Stevenson, a buddy of mine, he was like, he looks at me, he was like, what's wrong? I'm like, a solid three-incher just dropped into there. And uh, anyway, trials and tribulations of learning. The other thing I've started, the silica packets. I pack, mm-hmm. is it silica? Yeah. I pack, I have these little boxes full of them. I pack those constantly. I usually use an APE case, um, some type of case. And then I always try um, with the with the elements or whatever, uh, a fast fix isn't good, uh, I don't think. It could have been, like, don't throw it by a fire or a stove to dry it off immediately. You want to kind of grab, and you talked about it earlier, Gradually right. get her dry. Yeah, and we <laughs>
2: found that out in our muskox hunt because we had a five degree to minus thirty degree range. Yeah, and it, something about those guys in in at least in Greenland, maybe they do it always in that Arctic Circle kind of cold, cold environments. <laughs> that it's hotter than heck inside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were got they that sucker. Tea? Oh, oh, yeah, and it's cranked. <laughs> so we're coming from minus thirty. There was this porch. And then inside. Well, if we, you take your cameras after being out in that type of condition all day long, and you take it in, it basically total condensation. Yeah. So what we do is we condition it in the porch for about an hour or two, and then go grab it and bring it inside. And we, I was really blown away. We took a one DX, a Canon one DX. Uh, I think we we had a Mark three, we had uh, and, and some six Ds. We took. I was really impressed with how they did in those extreme conditions. Um, we I was telling you about that night uh, you know, time lapse we did and um, it it, frost it, hanging it, off the it, kit. Oh it was <laughs> I'm like this camera is ruined. Yeah. we took it. we conditioned it by the next day. Worked fine. Like it never, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to don't, you don't open the camera ever, Yeah. yeah. but, and you're, you're going to end up wiping some of the condensation off. So what we do is as we conditioned it, we wrapped it in a towel just so that as the condensation or as that melted,
0: it, you know, kept, you know, soaked it up.
2: We ran it the next day, no problem. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed.
0: I got to say, uh, Brian with Gritty, one thing he is good at is is uh, sacrificing for the greater good of the film, the photography gear, to a point in the middle of the stock on one of these uh, goats. I mean, Bart just straight up. I thought Bart was going to punch him. He's <laughs> like, you need to put your fucking toys away. You're going to die. And because uh, it's just vertical. Brian's got the GoPro hanging, the the A7S2. He's, I mean, and it's vertical. And... Uh, but Brian wasn't worried. Brian's fit. He wasn't. But Bart was worried about you know everybody's safety. Right. And we're on like, I mean, it's vertical, and there's Brian filming everyone, and I could see Bart getting mad. I didn't it didn't bug me, right? I was <laughs> like, well, if he he's at his own risk, right? He falls. He's fully aware of what he's getting himself into. Uh, but he, I mean. Those cameras do take some abuse because Brian's got that thing out constantly, When you know, when he can. Um, and, and you that's, have to. Yeah, I was say, I think you guys are the same way yeah. from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, I uh, the number one question I get – you guys probably get it too. How do you get in the industry? That's the number yeah, one question.
0: Yeah. And how do you get on pro staff? Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't even answer those
2: because um, uh, everybody thinks it's pro- professional staff. It's promotional. It's promotional staff. You actually – you know, your job is to – anyway – Uh, but, and then the second is some of the background of how we film Yeah, and, um, you know, I could say, well, you know, we do this, we do this, but there's so much more that goes into truly capturing a story, telling it the way we want to do. Because I say this, if I can, if, if somebody's not on that hunt, but I can give them a glimpse of the adrenaline and the excitement, but they're not wet, they're not cold and they're not tired. That's what I want. I mean, and unfortunately, some of that comes in, uh, I think people have gotten away also from the realism of hunts. What do you talk about a camp around a campfire 10 years after you went on this hunt? Let's say we went on a hunt and 10 years later we're on another hunt or something. We're talking about that one hunt. Very rarely do you bring up the inches of antler. Yeah, you might say it was a good buck. Yeah, but I mean, you know, very rarely do you you, you, do you are are you whining? You're laughing about how hard it was. Yeah, and you're talking about the camaraderie. Yeah, and for us, a lot of people, when things are done, cameras get shut off, and then you congratulate each other, whatever. And for us, and there's some, uh, I I know you guys do it too, man. We give each other a pretty hard time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And
2: and people see that and. They relate to that. They're like, oh, that's me and old Tommy when we go hunting, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And so we have become really good about the hunt's great, but the hunt's a backstory for an adventure. It's a backstory for that camaraderie and that brotherhood that we that we have. And I mean, there's times I'm pissed. Yeah. You know? And uh I screwed up. Cameraman screwed up, whatever. And it's frustrating because I still am competitive. I still, you know, and it's hard to kill stuff and get good camera angles. Well,
0: when it's you're hard enough to... just to tip something over. Right. Let alone get yeah. a camera. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, I'm not one of those guys. I don't know if you are. And I think you can handle it probably a lot better than I can. But I'm not a 10-day solo hunt guy.
0: Actually, he's an animal. Um, you are. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how you're wired, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, And I can do it. um, I can do pretty. I mean, not uh, like an arrogant. Why I can do pretty much whatever I have to. Like people were. Oh, I can't believe you can sit in a tree stand. And I'm like, oh, I can do whatever it takes. Right. Right, If it's tree stand or backpack hunting, but. Brinko's on twelve day solo backpack hunts for mule deer every year. He almost died last year. He got pulmonary edema and I did hiked out. Die, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's you know, not good. This crazy fucker. The only reason he didn't hit the search and rescue beacon was because I've made fun of Zach Griffith so bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for shed hunting. How would and you feel
2: it. if he would have died, and then of course you wouldn't have known it then. <laughs> yeah. I told I told
0: Amy I was like man. I would have felt horrible, you know what I, and, 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 uh, but you said you were going to walk until you couldn't walk anymore
1: and then you'd hit the beacon if you had to. Yeah. It sucked. It was like eight miles or nine miles or something like that. Back to the truck. It took, God, seven hours. (laughs) (laughs) And you just, you just just kind of kept one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I'd walk, if if I had to go uphill, I'd probably take, I'd probably walk about 10 yards and be completely out of breath, catch my breath, and then and you were 10 more yards. Up liquid, Did you, you
0: know what you had? Yeah, oh. it, ha- it happened before. So, okay. well, I gotta tell, talked about this before. Uh, we were talking about bad water, and Frank says, You know, I think I got some kind of a lung thing from bad water. And he tells me the story. I'm like, No, bro, you, you had, I think I called it hypoxia. I said, No, you you had altitude sickness, your, your lungs were full of water, so you had had it before and didn't know, yeah, and then you i mean we go to high altitude all the time or whatever but i think what happened is he let a rip tater chip hauled ass in
1: there and you went too fast Yeah, go ahead had we Climbing had done elevation a, yeah we had done a ton of uh fishing trips this summer and all kinds of stuff and i didn't get a chance to scout and i wanted i went in there a few days early and i wanted to get up there as soon as possible hauled ass in and there it's nine miles in yeah I hauled ass in there and uh, I must have overdone it. I was, you know, I was going all over the place, just just getting my eyes on different deer. Just fucking giving her. I, just, I gave her too hard. And uh, night before season, I I was at a glassing spot. I was like fifty yards from my from my tent, and I walked back to my tent. I'm like, damn, I'm out of breath. And I, I was like, um, wheezy, kind of like after doing cardio. Yeah. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And I don't know. By ten o'clock at night, I'd, I'd breathe out. <laughs> and fluid was coming out, <laughs> that, 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 and I couldn't lay on my not, back. That's not a good time. No, I couldn't lay on my back because I couldn't breathe, so I'd lay on my side, and i just keep yeah. spitting out shit. And I'm like, dude, I think by the time uh, –
0: That's when a floorless –
1: Yeah, it would have helped. Well, yeah. I was in a at that time, oh. yeah, and uh, I don't know, I guess around 10 or 11 – or maybe at around midnight, I decided, I'm like, damn, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it till morning. So <laughs> I packed up all my expensive stuff and hiked out and got back to the truck. At, so I think I left at midnight and got back to the truck at 7 a.m. is what it was. And how, how, how long did it take you to get over that? Uh, probably about a week. Really? I mean, a week and a half maybe because I – well, was went the back night, in and killed a buck. Yeah, it was the night before the opener, and then I went back in uh, two Wednesdays after opening, opening day, and I killed, I killed that deer on the first awesome. stock. Which but, I took pictures of. I, I sent them to Chris Molina. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go kill this buck in these cliffs. And it was still there. And you did. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. I, I, for me, I, uh, I did a, uh, a 16A in New Mexico, a Gila elk hunt, and seven days or something like that. I think I came out at day five. and went to a little local you know, uh, gas station and stuff in Alma, New Mexico. Little, Basically, that's all there is. And I went in and talked to the gal behind the counter yeah. for like 45 minutes just because I, I'm a people person. Yeah. And um, so for me, I'm really blessed to have guys with me. They might not be hunting. They might be filming. Yeah. But I still have that human interaction. And for me, it's more about the camaraderie. It's always been more about the camaraderie for me. And um, why is it that I can go by myself and kill something? And it's great. But I get more people. More like, a, I, more out yeah. of it when I can share it with somebody. I, I don't no, know. Makes, and
0: that's just the way I'm wired. I've done a few 14-day solo hunts. Um, and by day 7 to 10, it's more of a mental thing. Of, is. I've set this goal, and I'm not going to let it beat me. All I'm right. going to make it. Uh, right. Which you're talking to squirrels and shit by day 10. But I've, I've talked to <laughs> – because Amy and I watched alone, uh, right? Right. And I was trying to explain to her, it's not, in my opinion – it's it's not the surroundings. It's not nature. I'm like, when is the last time anyone, you know, has been alone for more than 24 hours? No one really. I mean, very few, let alone weeks. And so if you have never been there, you don't know how you're going to handle it. And no human that I know or no, nobody in the lower 48 um, that I know spends more than 24 to 48 yeah. hours alone now they may think they're alone they may not talk to anyone in their house but they're not truly alone right, right? there's they walk to the store or whatever hi how you doing and so you can say whatever bullshit which all of them they're gonna have to pull me out of there i'm not coming out and then beep, 24 hours later on the island they're, they're pushing,
2: coming out they're pushing the button or well you whatever. don't know how
0: you're gonna handle it and so because you know she had asked me how do you think you and frank would do and i'm like oh we do good. I mean, I, I, you know, my big thing is cold, cold weather, I have rain odds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I said, as far as like mentally, yeah, I can, you know, make it. I don't have any, you know what I mean? I can be alone. I think you're better at it than I am, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, I,
1: don't, g- I don't think I talked to her. the year before that. Um, I killed that bigger deer. I, I saw two hunters like on day seven and talked to him for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I mean,
0: Oh, d- day yeah. 12, I was in the Wimanoosh, and I ran – this is years ago, and I ran into somebody. Oh, I fucking talked their ass off. I mean, oh, yeah. hey, you
1: know, I was, I was, like, super happy to finally see one. Once, see somebody, person, yeah. once you get in there for a while, though, you start having, like, internal arguments, you know? Yeah. Did, I, did I fuck <laughs> this up? Or, no, like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. You did this fine. Or, you know, you start second-guessing yourself, or right. you'll you'll screw up on a stock, and then you start second-guessing yourself. And see, and for you know.
2: me, that's about day three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the for other me, thing – For me, I just literally I, – I yeah, I –
0: I, I have, have, have talked about this before. For me, if you've made a lot of mistakes in your life, that's 14 days you're you're thinking of those. Right. Um, and uh, I've made a lot of mistakes. so I, you <laughs> there's, start a, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I remember one time, um, I don't know, this was, I had a Badlands 4500s. Oh, this is when I pissed out the kidney stone. I pissed, I shot a mule deer, packed it out, went right back in. Uh, and this was kind of the same scenario you were in. I didn't know if I was dying or what was going on, but I was passing a kidney stone, didn't know. But the day before I passed it or started to, I pissed blood. I'm pretty dehydrated, sleep deprivation. For whatever reason, I felt the urge to text my ex-wife to just say, hey, I'm sorry that I wasn't better than I could have been. (laughs) Like I was a good provider, but I hunted too much. I wasn't around enough why Well, fuck my mind was eating me alive right? right it was just crushing me and so i just said hey i just i had service at the peak it was you know 12000 feet and i was like hey i just want to let you know i would never do that on my best day as a human being <laughs> down in the city but on that mountain i i felt the urge to say hey i'm sorry i should have been better i don't do that shit normally that's from being alone i mean right, it is it right. eats you alive mentally right, i yeah. think anyway i
2: agree i agree uh, that is why uh, uh, you know when you're bringing someone, you know Frank, you you can sit there and talk about that uh, that experience and that, I mean that's a scary situation, and um, it's but it's part of now it's part of who you are. It's going to make you a better woodsman if you want to use that term or backcountry hunter. How you how you made that decision to say I got to get out of here, that was pivotal. Now you might have made it through the night. <laughs> Are you right? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I we we're not going to never know, but but that was probably a wise decision, mm-hmm. you know. And for you to be able to share that experience, hopefully someone can learn from it. And that's where us and our stuff, um, you know, we don't we have used guides before. Um, most of us have guided, and and like we'll go with a guide, and then they'll just turn us loose. Yeah, yep. you know, and that's fun. Now. Um, but it's capturing everything that goes with that. Yeah. The disappointments. And it, remember back in the day, nobody showed a mess. Like archery equipment was the most accurate thing because you never – and you didn't see bad shots, stuff like that. We, uh, I I always want to apologize for what TV has done to the hunting industry Yeah. on a couple of points. And the first one is we have given new hunters, and I mean older new hunters – False sense a of hope. A total <laughs> false sense of reality. Yeah. How many times – have you seen? You climb up in the tree stand and you shoot 160 inch. Block, <laughs> yeah, right. And you do it in 22 minutes.
0: What? Well, and I mean, and we, it's
2: usually the first one that walks by.
0: We we as in you know Frank and I on the aspect of answering you know our rough idea of of, of messages and questions because we you know Instagram and Facebook and emails and texts and everything else you know it's hundreds a day, and uh, it is funny because guys will message me like you know how did you you know xyz do this whatever it is and i'm like well this happened uh, oh so it's not like this and i'm like what the what gave you that idea that it's that easy i'm like you know no matter contrary to popular belief a spike is okay for your right. first animal like i remember mike eastman after the western hunt expo was like when was shooting a spike as your first animal bad jesus christ what happened to you know, stair stepping your way up to glory, and I was like, Yeah, it's social media, and uh, we get messages all the time. I'm not looking for a 350 bull, <laughs> yeah, anything <geez>. over 300, <laughs> we'll I'm like, just fine, okay. Well, and it's
2: and like he's going on an over the counter, yeah, public land unit. In and this Colorado. is like
1: uh, this, this increases closer you get to hunting season, like they have done zero work scouting right. for right. themselves, yeah, and uh. Yeah, I'm not looking for for your a honey, honey hole, hole. Yeah, but I would like to kill a yeah. bull or something like.
2: Just give me the name of the first road you drive. Yeah, up. <laughs> not. I don't need to know the second name. Yeah. No.
0: Well, and and I don't. I mean, is listeners listening, I don't have any problem with people ans- asking questions. Right. Of course, my thing is is realistic expectations to what you're about to walk into. My general advice is shoot whatever walks in front of you on your first hunt. I may not be the best guy to ask because I'm a horrible trophy hunter, but to me. It it, it truly is about the – not to sound like Donnie Vincent, but I like Donnie. It's about the journey, right? Oh, for sure. It's about, okay, you got your ass kicked, you know, right, whatever. You killed an animal and then you had the pain of packing it out, whatever the animal may be. If it's a big animal and that's what you want, hold out. Just be ready. You may not fill a tag. But don't go into it thinking it's Primos, right? That shit is so fake. I mean, I like Will Primos and I like – I love watching those videos. It's cool. But – I mean, you want to talk about a false sense of hope? You squeeze a hoochie mama and she comes right in. Well, that ain't <laughs> happening. Right?
2: You, you, they're hunting on Bobby Hills' place in Southern Colorado, yeah. which has a lot of 350 bulls in there, mm-hmm. and uh, y- you have a lot of elk in general. And so it's every scene of those. And again, it's we were talking about it earlier in the office that that's the whack 'em and stack 'em style because the whole thing was, okay, this encounter, this encounter, this encounter, this encounter. And and there there's no story in between. I think one other thing, and you guys tell me if you agree with this or not, but a buddy of mine brought this up and it, it's like the light bulb went on, you know, there's stages of hunters. Have you ever read that article about the five stages of hunter? It starts out with you just wanna get a shot. Then the next stage is you want to limit out. So you go quail hunting. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just shoot one or two birds. You want to get your limit. Yeah. Then the next stage is you start, okay, uh, I want to shoot a big one. Then the next stage is you're willing to eat tag soup to shoot a huge one. Then the next stage is the conservation or the giving back where you're more concerned. It's you get as much thrill out of seeing the next generation or a new hunter to it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us are maybe – In in these top tiers, I kind of tend to keep – I'm not much of a trophy hunter myself. (laughs) But um, we take a new hunter and we want to push them to another stage. And we don't allow them to – we don't allow them to mature through the first couple of stages.
0: I'm probably anti that. I'm actually asked backwards because I'm the guy that's not very good at saying it's going to the next stage, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, And again, I have – you know, my perspective on this is – that I try to get across um, is if if you haven't packed an animal out, for example, you really don't know what you're missing and how much it sucks. Like right. you really need to. And, and for me, and and Brian talks about it a lot and Jeff Lander, it truly for me, the inches do not matter. Right. I, they truly don't. I mean, if for right. me, I shot a 155, 165 buck this year. I shot a 185 the year before. You would have never known. Right. I just like to be in the moment and I like right. the adventure. When I help people, uh, my thing is, hey, let's just get something on the ground so you can ex- see the total right, package. Exactly, and, and I don't know that I'm ever going to progress into the trophy hunting stage. I've kind of already skipped that one and went right into the helping stage. Right. Like, I really like getting right. people, you know, in the outdoors and getting them to hunt right. and everything else within reason. I mean – I'll sacrifice some i'm not going to sacrifice my whole season but i mean i'll help guys i like going on other people's hunts right. especially sheep goat oh you yeah know, those unique hunts yeah yeah the crazy ones yeah. i mean those ones are super fun because i've been lucky enough to go on a lot of sheep and goat tags so i can be of some help in in um in scoring or whatever let is it a female or male but also like when phil went on his sheep hunt uh, we tried to prep him for how much it sucked, and we did okay, I think, but you can't prep someone. And so, and Phil killed a bunch of stuff, but that was his first hunt like that, from what I understand. And so it was awesome for me. For him, I could see in his face, like, Jesus, what do we get ourselves into? <laughs> I'm like, I was there here a few years ago. This place sucks. I mean, right. not sucks, but physically, I really like that. And I like doing it with a camera. Right. Um, right. So, yeah.
2: I think a good example of, of that is, and, and and I think I'm. I'm more like you in the regards to we're in Wyoming this last year and uh, we'd had a couple opportunities and I really, Dustin, uh, who's head of production, uh, he hadn't killed a, a buck in, in Wyoming yet, you know, yeah. with his bow. He's actually, he'd never bow hunted when he started working for us. So it's kind of cool. We got, you know, got a chance to introduce him to to bow hunting. And and uh, so we're, this, we're kind of working our way around this buck comes up and over and Garrett and I bail out around this rock formation and I kind of know what's back there. So I kind of have an ideal. It's, it's kind of like a, a little bowl at juniper, big rock bluff, but I knew we could get across this one little pass. So he's, he's working his way around here. We bust butt up and over. Sure enough, we, we, we hear him. So we kind of move quickly out and then he stops in between two trees and he's, yeah, He ain't 150 inches, okay? <laughs> but he's standing there broadside looking at us. And so I range him. And I range him. Garrett says, I'm on him. So I dial my sight. So it was a little further than maybe a lot of guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. Kind of like you You say, it was a poke. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so I dial my sight, and he just stood there. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stand there long enough. I got good camera angles. I And I... I shot. I was just as happy with that whole adventure, if you look at it that way, because, number one, I'm going to eat him, um, but that's not why I hunt. I don't don't hunt for – although I eat 90% wild game, that's not the reason I hunt. I hunt for the adventure. Yeah. And so I shoot him and and everything, and I was just as happy to get him as – there was bigger bucks there. Yeah. But what I really, really wanted was to see Dustin be successful. Yeah. And, uh, um, but you know, part of that's the learning curve um, of of sometimes you have this much time, and if you don't have that experience built up, that's where the years of okay, I'm going to take him. I need to, knowing when you need to come to full draw and stuff like that. But yeah. anyway, it's uh, that's 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 a, a story for another day. I I I just think that. With where we're at and the position we're in, and I'm f- feel totally blessed that being able to share our downfalls, our disappointments, along with our achievements. Yeah. Some if I can if I can entertain and educate, and and hopefully motivate someone, say I can do that because I am of all the guys on Outback Outdoors, I'm probably the worst shot and the worst hunter. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But but I'm I'm a heck of a storyteller. Yeah. And I and 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 I'm really persistent. <laughs> yeah, persistent. And sometimes pays that off. Yeah, yeah, that'll
0: do it. Well, I last year um with the goat hunt, right? I and I didn't see all of the goat film cuz Brian or uh, Frank and I were we were hunting. We didn't go to the Western Hunt Expo. We got beat up a little bit for that. We went hunting instead. But uh a guy's messaged me about me missing the goat. Uh, I missed a goat the first stock we yeah, went on. Yeah, I remember and that. They were like yeah. I can't believe you posted that. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't 100% sure I was going to hit it. I mean, you can see me on camera look over, and I'm like, it's pretty fucking far, Bart. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we dropped down on him, right, we 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 bounced straight down. And Bart's like, it's going to be 40, 50 yards. So, and I was relatively, I was cold, but I was calm. And when I went over the hill and ranged it, I looked over, and I'm like, he's like, how far is it? And I was like, it's pretty fucking far, Bart. We got to get closer and uh we got to the next ledge and i was like still pretty far and so i think it was 76 with the cut and it was 90 something that's right. how steep it mm-hmm. was the first shot and this was one of the first times in my archery career where i had no idea what to do cuz i made a good shot and i missed so high with the proper deduction and and for angle uh for angle compensation i was like huh fuck i don't know uh so i just cranked six off shot again still missed it high and bart's thinking i'm like every other hunter he's guided and he's like just keep aiming in the same spot and i'm like no i'm making good shots well there was an updraft so much oh. the first arrow you can watch it if you slow-mo the film it never drops it just keeps going up into never never land and uh oh yeah it's who you knows it's over but yeah it, it, <laughs> it, it was bad excited so three feet high Second, I was like a foot high, and I dropped six yards, right, or whatever? Well, as we figured out, it was that updraft coming up the valley. Well, the third shot, I ducted 12 total yards, I think, really? And I still just missed it. Well, I thought it was important for for one, I mean, I wanted people to see like people miss, even good shots miss. Oh, Two, yeah. sometimes their shit happens that you don't know. And three, it's funny to watch people miss. I mean, I, not funny, but it, I think it is funny. Sometimes shit happens, right? The right. best of shots miss. So, I, I. But guys were like, "I can't believe you posted." It's like, well, you think I never miss?" I'm like, "I don't miss very often, but I'll miss." And and in that that certain situation, if I was to do it the exact same again. I'd hit it because I'd know I need, what I needed to deduct. Well,
2: doesn't the, the our new rangefinders, don't they have the updraft angle compensation? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you can see when I peek my head over, you just whoosh and it hits. Yeah. And it was a cool. We, I think I ended up killing the same goat three two or three days later. Is that with the one a, that fell mm-hmm. so
2: uh, immense
0: amount? And, and, and keep in mind, uh, Roger, who tried to hike Brian and I to death the first day, is. Uh, six one and a solid 150 right he's skinny so we climb around the glacier and up and over and i'm holding on to his belt with his my feet back and his feet up leaning him over to look and see this goat where it's 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 basically uh, you know once it that once that it's planted right it ain't moving we watched it plant and went dead asleep from a thousand yards away and we're like let's go over there we'll get we'll wait for it to come out of the cliffs and we'll kill it and I, he had a gun with him. And I'm like, look, if I got to kill it with a gun, I'll kill it with a gun. And he has ADD in mind. Brian makes fun of it all the time. or right parallel. We were like 15 minutes. I ate a sandwich. And we're looking at each other. I'm like, those cliffs aren't that steep. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're fine. We can get in those cliffs. It was dangerous as shit. We're in those cliffs trying to find it because I was just going to shoot it straight down. And he and I were talking back and forth which hump it was on. And uh, the only thing I regret about all this, I wish it was on film because it was so funny. So we get, and Roger's like, I think it's right here. It's got to be right here. We can't see it. And and Roger's like, you want me to hold on to your belt? I'm like, dude, I'm fat. You can't <laughs> hold on to my belt. Hold on to my feet. So I, I low crawl over, and he's basically putting his body weight on my calf so I can look down. And finally, we're like, it's got to be here. And he's like, all right, you get ready. I'll throw boulders. We know it's not going left because it physically can't. So I'm looking to the right, waiting. We're throwing i mean there's no more rocks left so i pull one out the size of this bottle throw it right straight down like it probably could have hit the goat like just nothing and like 15 seconds later it comes out fast enough i don't have time to tell roger so i'm like i was gonna shoot it right there and i'm like shit it's definitely gonna fall because it's on a six inch wide goat path on a terrace with a 2000 foot drop and it Comes out and hits at 32. Um, I could have killed it multiple times with my stick bow. And I was thinking of that at the time, but I'm like, it's definitely going to fall there. Right. Comes back out. I'm like, okay. I think it was 54. Pinwheel it. I would have been better off to high shoulder shoot it and plant it right there. Right. right, Or as horrible as this sounds, gut shoot it so it ran off out of the cliffs. Instead, I pinwheel it. It makes it 20 yards. And Roger's got the, uh, you know, the the accent. He's like, oh, she's still going. (laughs) Don't you know? Oh, it's still rolling. Oh, oh, oh. And it stops and its feet are up. And I'm like, oh, it's good. It only went a couple hundred yards. And then it just did this and flipped and then went for 2,000 yards. And Roger was worried. I'm not ai do not you know, I don't mount anything or whatever. And so he was like, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, if you were going to pick a guy for this to happen to... I'm the guy. I we had the adventure. We got the goat. I'm good now. It did look like somebody hit it with 18 hammers. Well,
2: it 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 was pre. It was (laughs) it was what's the word I'm looking for? It was pre. Uh, when you take
0: meat tenderized, pre tenderized, we ate it that night or that morning for breakfast. It was good. I don't think it landed on anything but its face. Um, Oh, really? The whole time it was probably just sub nine or sub ten, uh, Billy. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's good, Billy. Um. But when we got it, it was like a half inch on one side and three on the other. I mean, it took a beating, and it fell literally. You can see the photos. I mean, it was every bit of two thousand feet, maybe more. I think more. I
2: saw one that uh, you're posed with, and it literally looks like it was
0: blown up by a bomb. Oh, it was crazy. But we, you know, we got down, and I'm like, Roger, I'm, I got a goat. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I was like. This was part of the story, right. and uh, he's like, "Are we gonna photograph it?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna photograph it." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, shit happens." I mean, it fell, and I was like, "And we, when we were cleaning, I was like, meat's all still good too." Right. I mean, most of it anyway. But it was, it, it had was bad enough. It blew the uh stomach out the rib cage so it looked like it had a big growth coming out of its side Wow! Uh, but it was a good goat i mean and the the best thing we were able to get brian's goat on film a couple days later so i mean it was pretty crazy And, and
2: you know that's all that's a great story but because you have the photos and the video to back it up and what i encourage people is you don't always have to you don't always have to um have this elaborate editing. I mean, we do like to watch. Like you mentioned Donnie Vincent or Primos or whatever it is that you look up to as far as to emulate. I want, I you know, I want to make this adventure look like that. Well, that's just style, and maybe some of the B roll that you do to be able to tell the story. But even just having that raw footage that you can go back years back. I mean, that makes that makes that adventure, in my opinion. So much more special because your stories puts things in my mind, but then when you can back it up, now it fills the gaps in. For sure. And, and it's something that you'll have forever.
1: Oh, yeah. We're um, going to try our hand this year at uh, some redneck footage, so yeah, <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. It's funny. We're talking about this. Uh, Jerry
0: Gowans just messaged me uh, about a podcast I did with Brian, uh, which kind of fits into what we're talking about. Um I, t- I shot that doe with my recurve, and you guys weren't there, and I've got this little Really Right Stuff tripod. It's about this tall. And mm-hmm. the First whitetail I'd ever shot with my recurve, so I took some trophy photos. <laughs> what, I mean, obviously, to some, it wasn't a trophy, but it, it ain't overly easy shooting shit with a recurve, let alone an Alabama cracked-out doe, right? right? And this doe was so fast. You saw the photo. It was broadside with its head to the right. I hit it in the neck on the left side and just dropped it. Wow. And, I mean, they're that quick, yeah. which most of our – they're <laughs> yeah. fast. So, they're yeah. super fast. But, I mean, I was – I don't get adrenaline with a compound like I used to. I just don't. When that doe came in, I mean, it was whatever, 22 yards below me. I was amped. And I was happy, so I took a photo with it. And I had some messages, like, I can't believe you would take a picture with a doe. And I was like I, – I was pretty excited. I got its first whitetail with the recurve. I'm getting back into traditional. I'm, I'm excited. And he had – had some choice things to say about those people. Um, one, pick up a traditional bow and see if you don't get excited over a doe, for one. But two, you know, it's really about, um, you know, what each person's trying to get out of right. it. And and that kind of goes a lot. Like, I hate to bring up Luke Johnson, right? But we make fun of Luke because he's not exactly laying <laughs> animals down. He's a buddy of ours in Idaho. I, I, I know and, who Luke is, yeah. I just just through social media and stuff like Yeah, that. <laughs> He's a funny little guy, although he's not little. He's not. He's a big old dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got some guns. Um, he's uh, he's what I call on the 365 bulk phase. Okay. He's, he's bulking all right, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's giving me crap. He's like, I'm, I'm in it for a different reason. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, and I understand that totally. Uh, but part of the adventure for me is the kill. There's right. no way around it. The pack out. I mean, last year when we packed out Brian's bull, it was pretty comical. Uh, we had a lot of weight on our backs. Frank came in and helped us. We had a three eighty bull come in after. Well, I don't know if it was three. It was a big bull come in yeah. after Brian killed his bull. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get all this crap out. We get to our camp. It's it's o oh dark thirty, and we get we get back to uh, Frank's truck and Brian's hurting. And of course, we're making fun of Brian. There is no shame <laughs> with any of us. You could have yeah. broken a leg. I still would have made fun of you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's part of it, right? right? And how Brian got that bull? That bull just bugled its way in. Um, I mean, it's just the whole story's crazy. But if it wouldn't have been as cool of a story if it was didn't have the dead animal in it, and whatever right. that is, whether it's a spike or a cow. And right. I don't mean you have to kill anything every time you go out, but meaning it is part of the right. the total story. For for me, it is it, anyway. I I think I think we've also forgotten about that because there's a big
2: push now for whether it be conservation or organic meat or public land, saving public lands. And um, I didn't get into hunting for any of those reasons. Yeah, exactly. I got into <laughs> hunting because I wanted to kill stuff. I yeah. didn't want to harvest. I wanted to kill stuff. Yeah, the harvest thing kills me. So for me, it, going in you know, uh, uh, 2016, I picked up a recurve again. I hadn't shot it in years. And, It'll and, beat
0: your ass like a rented mule what if it you're did, not ready.
2: But you know what it did? <laughs> Is it really – I, I had a similar situation. My first animal I killed was a yearling doe. Yeah. I say yearling doe. Everybody else calls fawn. Okay. craig <laughs> has got another name for but, it, but yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? It, yeah. And I was so – I was ecstatic. I hadn't been that ecstatic about killing something with a bow, and although I'm always excited. Yeah. And it, it was humbling. Yeah. And the funny thing with this doe is I – it, it this came in as stupid as young, and it was in Nebraska, and I shot and I shot over it.
0: The first shot, yeah, and it
2: came closer. Oh, it helped you. <laughs> and then I knocked another arrow, and then I made a good shot. Didn't go far, and uh, we did a show called The Traditional Journey, mm-hmm. talking about going back and 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 that eagerness to to kind of. I don't know, reconnect with why we started doing this in the first place. Yeah. And uh, a trad a bow did that for me. And um, I got I got somehow, don't ever post your cell phone number on Facebook. Okay? Yeah, I do it
0: all the time. It's I, bad.
2: <laughs> I, I, I got three phone calls. One guy at 11 o'clock at night, because he, he must have DVR'd it, got off work late or something, and went home and watched it, I don't know, somewhere back east. He called me and I mean, I finally hung up on him. Yeah. He te- what are you doing? That's the worst thing you could do. I mean, just berating me for shooting that. Yeah. And I'm like, number one, we had a certain number of does we wanted to take off this property.
0: I was going to say that okay? you're supposed to shoot right. them in some areas. Yeah. So
2: so are you telling me I can't shoot because this is a young doe? Oh, I have to pass out. We only want to take three-year-old. Do- I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you're trying to follow management plan. Second it was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then and then third it was like, dude, I'm shooting a stick bow and I'm I'm I mean 25 yards is my limit. Yeah. And and then later in the season I I uh, um I took a a hog um and and I took the hog. It was not on my first shot. And I might have picked up an arrow off the ground. To shoot that one. It's a possibility. <laughs> and then I got a chance to shoot it. My, my big thing was I wanted to shoot an elk. Like I was really happy when you shot that bull um, with your recurve. Cause that's really was my goal. And a bull comes in, we're in a ground blind on a wallow. And of course I I didn't range him. I knew he was over 30. And i second guessed myself and I shot over his back. And I was with a with a compound, that's that's a chip shot. Yeah. You know? but just that experience I was just shaking like it was my first encounter ever with the bull and so and then I ended up killing a nice buck and it was a great year but um recurve man you better you
0: better you better practice I'm writing a an article for rock slide right now because it was so long and so much I wanted to talk about no magazine would publish it it's just too big Um, unless I broke it and I didn't want to do that so I talked to Ryan and Robbie and was like do you want to do this kind of journey or whatever right and uh, go from 16 and I'll rewrite I'll write those articles and to the compound um, where I won't talk about all the compound kills but maybe the difference and then back to to now doing it again and and of course you know they were all for it Um, one thing that the highs and lows right like opening day i miss a deer not a giant deer 130 140 buck three times one sitting i had just come off before that a black bear that i'd killed a a good black bear and before that i'd missed and hit some turkeys okay so turkeys highest of highs got a turkey i'm on my way right black bear you got this thing figured out yeah black bear first shot shot between its legs killed it on the second shot all right i'm doing good at tournaments right not that much of a struggle yet. Opening day, missed a deer three times. Dang. Fast forward four or five days, shoot a deer feet away from me with Frank. I mean, literally, my feet are here. It's velvets, a couple feet from my, I mean, inches, whatever, right below me, highest to highs. Fast forward four days from there, wound a bull and mm-hmm. uh, can't find it. Ended up hitting it in the leg, lowest to lows, right? I hate wounding shit. Fast forward, kill that bull, 12 mm-hmm. yards. I'm at the top of the mountain. Woo-hoo, all right. So things are going good, and then go to Idaho. Miss a fucking gagger at Whoa. 12 yards. And I didn't just, it wasn't, I, I shouldn't have shot. I, I gangster shot it, right? I waited, I waited 40 minutes, never came in. I sit on my butt, bows across my legs, bull comes in, 12 yards. I tried to shoot it like, Oh yeah! (laughs) Yeah. Were
2: you watching Robin Hood the day before? Like a crossbow? I mean,
0: I'm literally sitting there, and I try to. I'm like, right, yeah, shoot over its back, lowest to low. And I mean, a a a true gagger, non typical. I'm back at the dumps, right? So now Alberta, second day of season, miss just a massive three by three. Two days later, I'm on a typical or a non typical two fifteen. Can't get a shot. Then I shoot a 186 buck. I'm at the top of the mountain again. Okay, fast forward, grizzly hunt. 11 days we see one grizzly, but it's an even draw. Didn't miss, didn't shoot. Right. Go to Kansas, hit one in the leg. I grunted. It muscled up. I shouldn't have shot. I did. Lowest of lows. Well, that's trad archery in about a 60-second conversation. Yeah, it's just going to kick your ass no matter how good you are. And I mean... It is it is it is a different feeling for I, me.
2: But. I'm amazed at the terminology that the trad community has. Like we say, Man, I, I just I hit him bad. Trad Archers, I just nicked him. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? I I used to have a butt. Did you ever know Jeff Lampy? I don't know. He was, think so. he was from up north. He'd killed a Colorado big eight. I think he was working on doing it and then he was jogging and had a heart attack. No He was I don't really understand. one of my mentors, even though I shot a compound bow. Um, when I shot my mountain goat, I I put on a white suit and walked literally got the wind right and walked in to a group of goats um, at twelve thousand four hundred feet because there was no cover and I and he told me he said dude put this white suit on bend over of course we're talking Colorado goats a little <laughs> different than yeah. uh, you know like goats yeah. like you guys were hunting definitely not as skittish yeah but and. Uh, it was he was the one that gave me that scene. idea. Yeah. But it was funny because with with Jeff, and he was a good shot. Yeah. He'd killed a lot of stuff. But you know, he, he, I would I would just laugh at his terminology. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, if you know, I'd say something like, "Oh man, you know, I did this," and he's like, "Oh, yeah, you just nicked him."
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what kills me was was some of the stuff I've read, or not kills me, but you know, trad is. I guess some people don't like the word trad. Right. Um, okay. And then struggle stick. People don't like no, that either. A lot of people don't like that. So I put that a lot in my yeah. article. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, stick bow, you know, some people right. don't like that. What's a stick bow? And um, primitive. Some people don't like It's not primitive. And I'm like, you know, you know why? Who really gives a shit? Right. Why don't right. we just go hunting instead of what? Right. Pissing and moaning. And I, I like the term struggle stick. Avery's the one that gave me the term. They made a t shirt and I thought it was perfect. It had three arrows under the elk and then one arrow going over its back and, and a bull standing there. It's not always like that. I wouldn't call it a deadly stick, but you can kill stuff with it uh, oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, I just don't get too caught up in any of that crap. I just try to, whatever, be it's, funny. It's,
2: and, and, you know, it's, the hunting community has its divisions anyway, and we don't need to make more. I mean, if you, if you shoot a something with this round this round's better and then if you get into compound it's compound wheelie bows versus yeah. trad bows and then if you're in trad I, I even found as as i got back into and of course uh tom clome senior was helped me out of tons yeah. as i know he's one of your mentors um it, it's just interesting you get around someone like that who's so amazing so smart so intelligent so experienced he didn't get caught up in that stuff.
0: No, he didn't. You know, and
2: it's it's refreshing. You get around another group of people and you can have divisions in the deadgum. Longbow versus recurve and so I guess that's just human nature. Yeah, we tend to the so,
0: bows without soles and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, my aluminum soulless bow. Which right. I'm shooting a a bow. Well, uh Trent Wingard built me a, a bow out of G ten. It beautiful bow. And he said, if anybody gives you any shit that it's a soulless bow because it has carbon limbs, there's wood on the tip. And he said, tell them (laughs) that's from the Sherwood Forest. And that has more soul in it than any of their bows combined because he's followed along. But, yeah, I don't really—whatever. I don't get too much caught up into that shit. But I I do know, like, this year, um, like, Frank and I are going to go on a ton of hunts together. And I've already told him, I'm like, I'm not going to be real picky, brother. Like, you know, I've already said that before, but, like, you know, the hard-up guy— and uh, the good-looking dude to go in the bar together, and the good-looking dude, he gets to pick, and the the, the hard-up guy's just gonna take what he can. I'm that dude. Right. Like, don't right. yeah. Right. <laughs> I just right. take the shot I can get. Right.
2: So, yeah, you're equal opportunity arrow. Arrow flicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for, for sure. Yeah, but well, that's fun. That's fun.
0: We should probably – we're over an hour now, and we're probably going to run out of battery life on the cameras. We should probably cut this off pretty CBA quick. CBA banquet. Yeah, let's talk about that. We'll f- go ahead on that one.
2: Well, it's – what an opportunity. It's going to be in Fort Collins this year, and um, you and I are going to get to tag team on those seminars on uh, Saturday morning. And then uh, I've been invited to be the keynote speaker at the dinner, Yeah. Um, which is – uh I have no idea what I'm going to talk about yet, but we'll get it figured out. <laughs> and um, so, come out um, definitely. CBA is a something. I think if you're in Colorado or if you hunt Colorado, that's something you ought to be a part of. And um, uh, and yeah, it's going to be a good time.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good way for talk about some of our adventures. And what's the, and date, the date on that? Shortening the learning curve. It is the next yeah. Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Kaylee will be here. My daughter's coming, so oh, that'll cool. be exciting for for her we're gonna have her on the podcast too which i think she's pretty pumped about (laughs) she's (laughs) just living with i mean as you can imagine living with me and it was just her and i right Right. so i just drug her everywhere so Mm -hmm. she's pretty well-rounded she's i've got photos of her at six seven years old behind the spotter telling me where i'm hitting i mean she's just an amazing kid so she'll be here so i'm happy she's gonna get to watch us talk on stage so
2: and my daughter will be there so um you know it's that's the next generation
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what it's all about.
2: uh, You know, I always say this. Avery might not be—she might not grow up and decide that she wants to be a a bow hunter or a a hunter in general, but she dang sure knows where food comes from.
0: Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Whether Kaylee grows up to be a hunter or not, she at least knew—she knows about it, she understands it, and she's she's making her opinion— with actual knowledge, with yeah. knowledge
2: that's the key, and she can, Avery can talk to her friends who still think that you just uh, hamburger comes from a cellophane, cellophane container. Yeah, nothing had to die. Why don't you, you know, why don't you just go to the store and get your meat? But um, she she can talk intelligently about that.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, which is important. Good. Yeah. So, well, thanks for coming down. I It's oh, my
2: pleasure, man. My
0: pleasure. It's good. And thanks for coming down and taking some photos as well. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, well, one way or another, I guess we'll see you at the latest on the seventeenth. Yeah. Wrestling matches at five. No. <laughs> Dude, i was just gonna say right now, I'm, I'm, I'm.
2: You're not even in my. They're like three weight divisions above. Maybe even five Four. weight. What do you weigh?
0: 135. I'm a meaty 203, okay, so, yeah. so I'm a, we yeah, got you by
2: a few. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on the s- smaller spectrum. You're on the upper spectrum. So I don't think there'll be any rustling doing.
0: Tommy wrapped up uh, yesterday. I headbutted him. And. Um he wrapped up around my neck, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. You know what you're doing. Hold on. The only thing I got going for me is strength. I'm going to end up beat up on this order. Right. Yeah,
2: I, those boys are uh, – those guys were the, were the you bomb. Don't,
0: you do not want to walk into that archery range with a bad attitude because even though they're friendly, you're going to get fucked up like a football Man. bat walking back out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in.